Welcome to the Banner of Truth broadcast. This program is brought to you by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. Your host is Pastor Jack Schumann, pastor of the Emmanuel Free Reformed Church of Abbotsford, British Columbia. And now, here is Pastor Jack Schumann. I invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 19 as we read the verses 28 through 44. Let us hear the word of God. When he, that is Jesus, had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. This ends the reading of the Holy Word of God. The text for the sermon today is taken from this passage, Luke 19 and verse 44. Just these words, you did not know the time of your visitation. May the Lord bless the reading and preaching of his word to our hearts. Dear friends, life is full of opportunities. There are opportunities to advance our career, to move to another city or country, to share the gospel with someone, to ask a girl on a date. And the same is true in spiritual life. Spiritual life is also full of opportunities. There are opportunities to repent and to believe. There are opportunities to come to Christ. There are opportunities to grow in grace. But like all opportunities, most of the time these opportunities are short-lived. They come and they go. They are here one moment and they are gone the next. And in most cases, they never return. Well, this was also true for the Jews of Jesus' day. We just finished reading from Luke chapter 19. Jesus and the disciples were making their way to Jerusalem. This would be his final visit. 
Within a few days, he would be led away to be crucified. Luke tells us that as he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples to go into the city. There he said they would find a colt on which no one had ever sat. They were to untie it and bring it to him. And they did exactly as they were commanded. They found the colt and they brought it to Jesus. Following this, we read that they set Jesus on the colt. And as he made his way to Jerusalem, Luke tells us that many spread their clothes on the road. And the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. And they said, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Evidently, these people believed that Jesus was entering into Jerusalem in order to declare himself a king and hopefully to deliver them from the Romans. And that brought them great joy. This is the moment they had been waiting for and longing for, and now it had arrived and they rejoiced. But rather than rejoice with them, Jesus does the exact opposite. He weeps. And we read in verse 41 that as he drew near to the city, he began to weep, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Our Lord here accuses the Jews of a missed opportunity, which Jesus calls a time of visitation. And it's to this subject that we turn our attention with the help of the Lord. We'll consider the words of our text under the theme, Our Time of Visitation. First of all, we'll consider the way to recognize it, and secondly, the danger of neglecting it. Jesus in our text speaks of the time of visitation. Now, what is this time of visitation? Well, when used in reference to God, the word visit can refer to one of two things. First of all, it can refer to a time of wrath or judgment and punishment. For example, in Exodus 20, verse 5, after commanding the people of Israel not to make for themselves a graven image, God says this. He says, You shall not bow down yourself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So here in this context, the word visit means to come with judgment and punishment. But the word visit can also refer to a time of grace, blessing, and salvation. For example, in Luke 1, verse 68, Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, referring to the coming birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, declared, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. So here, Zacharias speaks of the coming of Christ as God visiting his people with salvation, with grace, and with blessing. Well, the word visit in our text is used in this latter sense, 
And so when our Lord speaks of the day of visitation, he's referring to a time of grace, to a time of blessing and salvation. Now the Jews enjoyed many such times. In fact, of all of the nations on the face of the earth, no one nation was as singularly privileged as the people of Israel. God had made a covenant with them. He had delivered them from slavery in Egypt. He gave them his law on Mount Sinai. He sustained them for 40 years in the wilderness. He fed them manna and quail. He provided them water from the rock. He gave them the land of Canaan. He gave them victory over their enemies. He dwelt among them in the tabernacle and later on in the temple in Jerusalem. And the city of Jerusalem in particular had also received many times of visitation. No city was more privileged than Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the political and religious center of the nation. The temple was there, the priests were there, the kings ruled from there. Many of the great prophets prophesied from there. Several times throughout its history, the people in Jerusalem were delivered from their enemies in a most miraculous way. Think, for example, of the time that the Lord destroyed the army of the Assyrian king Sennacherib. And such times continued into the New Testament period. John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets. God sent him to the Jews to prepare the way of the Lord. He preached the truth to them in a way that the people had never heard before. And many came to him from Jerusalem, from Judea, and the whole surrounding region to be baptized by him in the Jordan River. But the greatest visitation of God was surely the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many sermons did the Lord Jesus not preach to them? And with such power that the people said, no man ever spoke like this man spoke. How many miracles did he not perform among them? He cleansed the lepers. He restored sight to the blind. He raised the dead. He calmed the wind and the waves. He fed the 5,000 with only five loaves and two small fish. Oh yes, God had indeed visited his people many, many times. You may remember in Romans 3 verse 1, after concluding that all men, Jew and Gentile, have sinned, Paul asks this question, What advantage then has the Jew, or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. And in Romans 9 verses 4 and 5, the same apostle writes that to the Israelites pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came. Oh yes, the Jews were richly blessed. They had been visited by God more than any nation on earth. And my friend, is that not true for many of us as well? Has the Lord not also visited us? not just in the past, but still today? Has he not given us his word and the preaching of his word? Has he not given us many opportunities to grow in our understanding of the word of God? Has he not given us the sacraments for the strengthening of our faith? Has he not also applied his word to many of us in such a way that we have come to see our sin and our need for a Savior and to trust in Christ Jesus as the only hope and ground of our salvation? And has he not given us his Holy Spirit 
by whose power we may put to death sin and walk in the ways of the Lord. Oh, some of us, in addition to the general visitations of God, have perhaps even received a special visitation of God. What do I mean by that? What is a special visitation of God? Well, first of all, a special visitation of God occurs when His Word, and especially the preaching of His Word, comes to us with unusual power. And there are many examples of this in the Scriptures. You may remember after many years of worshiping idols that Hilkiah the high priest found a copy of the law of Moses in the temple in Jerusalem. And he gave it to Shaphan the scribe who in turn read it to King Josiah. And when Josiah heard about the curses that God would bring on his people if they worshipped other gods, he cried out and tore his clothes. John the Baptist began preaching. Many were captivated by what they heard, and they came to him, as we said already, from Jerusalem and all Judea, even though he told them things that were hard to swallow, like calling the Pharisees a brood of vipers and telling the Roman soldiers to be content with their wages. The same was true for the Lord Jesus, and yet they came. Recall, too, after Peter preached his sermon on the day of Pentecost, and accused the Jews of putting to death the Lord Jesus Christ, how they were pricked in their heart. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, how do we explain this? My friend, these are visitations of the Lord. These are times when God's word came with unusual power. Normally, such times characterize periods of revival, In such cases, they are widespread. Men, women, and children are all affected over a wide geographical area. But we can experience such times as individuals as well. Such times of a special visitation of God. Secondly, a special visitation of God occurs when our conscience speaks with unusual clarity and volume. And there are also many examples of this in the Scriptures. In Acts 24, we have the account of Paul defending himself before Felix. And we read that one day Felix and his wife Drusilla, who was a Jewess, sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And we read that as Paul reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid. And he answered, and he said, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Why was Felix afraid? Because his conscience was speaking. Paul's words convicted him of his sin. They convicted him so much that he sent Paul away. You can think of another example, the story of the woman taken in adultery. As the men who had caught this woman stood around the Lord Jesus, accusing her and asking what should be done with her, Jesus wrote with his finger on the ground. And then he looked up and he said to them, He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And John tells us that one by one the men left, beginning with the oldest. Why? Because their consciences were speaking. Their consciences were telling them that they were just as guilty as this woman. For many times they had committed adultery, perhaps not actually, but in their heart. And some of them perhaps indeed as well. One more example, the rich young ruler 
which can be found actually later on or earlier on in this chapter. When Jesus told him that he had to sell everything that he had and give it to the poor, the man we read was sad. Why? Because he had great riches. And what was going on at that moment? At that moment, his conscience was speaking to him. He knew that Jesus was right. He knew that money was his idol, but he couldn't bear to part with it. And that made him sad. Well, my friend, can you identify with this? Has the word of God and your conscience ever spoken to you? Oh, maybe not as dramatically as the examples that I've just cited, but have they spoken to you at all? Have there been times in your life when the Word of God gripped you? When your conscience was seared and you went home unsettled, even shaken by the things that you have heard? Have there been other times this past year, perhaps, when your heart was warmed? When you heard about the love and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and His ability and His willingness to save sinners? If so, pay heed. That was a visitation of the Lord. It was the Lord speaking to you, knocking, as it were, on the door of your heart, desiring to come in. We're reminded here that the God whom we serve is not indifferent towards us and our salvation. On the contrary, he cares. And he reaches out to us sinners in love. He takes no pleasure in our death but rather that we turn from our evil ways and live. And it's to that end that he sends us one visitation after another. But the question is, what have you done with those visitations? Have you taken advantage of them? Have they caused you to grow in grace and holiness and love? Are you producing more fruit now than you did at the beginning of this year? Is your knowledge of sin deeper? Have you experienced more of the richness of Christ's grace? Is your walk of life more consistent? Is there greater victory over sin? Is there deeper communion with God? Has there been growth? Has there been development, even on a small scale? Or has there been no change at all? Or worse, has there been regression? Did you let these visitations pass like the wind in the willows? Or did you plead with the Lord to cause them to make a lasting impression upon your heart? Oh, make no mistake. Visitations of the Lord are very precious and necessary for our spiritual well-being. But if they are ignored, or if we fail to take advantage of them, then we bring on ourselves God's wrath and condemnation. And that brings us to our second point. The Jews and the people of Jerusalem in particular were richly blessed. They had received many visitations of the Lord. Now, as already mentioned, the most recent of these visitations was the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. During his three-year public ministry, the Lord Jesus preached many sermons and performed many miracles. Sadly, however, most of the people living at that time, the people who heard these sermons, and the people who witnessed these miracles, failed to acknowledge it. And as a result, they brought on themselves the wrath and condemnation of God. 
And Jesus says as much in verses 43 and 44. There Jesus says to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, with tears in his eyes, Days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Jesus, of course, was referring to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. After enduring years of Jewish uprisings, the emperor Vespasian sent his son Titus to Palestine to restore order. Titus and his army slashed and burned their way all the way to Jerusalem, killing many men, women, and even children. And when they reached the city, they besieged it for several months, starving the citizens of Jerusalem into submission. Eventually, the Romans broke through the walls and defenses of the city. They destroyed most of it, including the massive and beautiful temple of King Herod. And many were killed. Next to the Holocaust, it was the most horrific and tragic event in Jewish history. And its effects were felt for many, many centuries. From that point forward, the Jews were largely dispelled from their land. And they ceased to be a nation until May 14, 1948, when the modern state of Israel was founded. Now, why did this happen? Well, Jesus tells us, because you did not know the time of your visitation. The Lord had ministered to them. He had preached to them. He had healed their sick. He had raised their dead. He had performed many other miracles, but they did not believe on him. They refused to take advantage of their time of visitation. Why? Well, partly because of the hardness of their hearts. They did not believe because Jesus was not the kind of Messiah they were looking for. They were looking for a Messiah who would deliver them from the Romans. And when Jesus proved that he was not going to be that kind of Messiah, they rejected him. But Jesus gives another reason. It comes in verse 42. It is because the significance of this time was hidden from them. Jesus says, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. The wording here is very significant. It's like Jesus is saying, I told you how you can have peace. I told you how you can have eternal peace, but you did not listen to me. You did not believe me. If you had, then things would have turned out so differently, but you didn't, and now it's too late. And in response to your unwillingness, you will become blind. The things that make for your peace, the way whereby you can enjoy the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life is now hidden from your eyes. And who's the one who's doing the hiding? Well, it's God. You see, God not only opens, he also shuts. He not only gives sight, but he also gives blindness. And those who neglect or ignore their time of visitation, he will blind. 
He will make it so that the way of their peace will be hidden from their eyes. We see here how important it is to recognize and to make good use of our time of visitation. If we don't, we will incur the wrath and judgment of God, just like the Jews of Jesus' day. Just consider some of the examples I cited previously. What happened to Felix? What happened to the rich young ruler? Did these men ever come to faith? Not likely. At least the Bible doesn't say that they did. And why not? Because they did not take advantage of their time of visitation. Oh yes, they were pricked in their conscience. For a moment or two, they seriously thought about the needs of their soul and eternity to come. But they didn't act on it. They simply went on with their lives as though everything was fine. Now, as far as we know, they are in hell, forever lamenting the fact that they squandered their one and only opportunity to be saved. The same was true for the Jews of Jesus' generation. They received a powerful divine visitation from God, but they did not know it. And now they had to suffer the consequences. The entire city would be utterly destroyed. What is more, the way of peace would be hidden from them. It was shown to them in the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. They saw it, but they rejected it. And as a result, the things that made for their peace were hidden from their eyes. They could not find the peace that they needed, even if they wanted to. Commenting on this, the Anglican bishop J.C. Ryle writes this. He says, There seems no doubt that churches, nations, and even individuals are sometimes visited with special manifestations of God's presence, and that their neglect of such manifestations is the turning point in their spiritual ruin. Why this should take place in some cases and not in others, we cannot tell. Facts, plain facts in history and biography, appear to prove that it is so. The last day will probably show the world that there were seasons in the lives of many who died in sin when God drew very near to them when conscience was peculiarly alive, when there seemed but a step between them and salvation. These seasons will probably prove to have been what our Lord calls their day of visitation. The neglect of such seasons will probably be at last one of their heaviest charges against their souls. Deep as the subject is, it should teach men one practical lesson. And that lesson is the immense importance of not stifling convictions and not quenching the workings of conscience. He that resists the voice of conscience may be throwing away his last chance of salvation. That warning voice may be God's day of visitation. The neglect of it may fill up the measure of a man's iniquity and provoke God to let him alone forever. Oh, let us learn from this. Let us never neglect the times of our visitation. Rather, let us use them. Let us take advantage of them, either to bring us to faith 
or to strengthen us in our faith, lest we too perish in our sins. Amen. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. If you were blessed by or have a comment on the message you've heard today, we'd very much appreciate hearing from you. Our mailing address is Banner of Truth, 3386 Mount Lehman Road. Lehman is spelled L-E-H-M-A-N, and that's in Abbotsford, British Columbia, V4X2M9. If you would like to listen to the message you've just heard again, or if you would like more information about our program, including how to contact us and how to listen to other messages on this program, please visit our website at banneroftruthradio.com. Support for this program is provided by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. For more information about our churches, including where you can find a church nearest you, please visit our denominational website at www.frcna.org. Thank you for listening, and now until next week, may the Lord be with you all.